Welcome back to part two of the message, What in the World is Jesus Doing? from Luke chapter 4, verses 14 through 21. Pastor Tim states, The Bible says that Jesus came into this world to save sinners. That is always the thrust of what he is doing in our world. Here is Pastor Tim. Number two, ready? The Messiah's mission not only comes in the spirit, uh, uh, the power of the Spirit, but, but his mission also commended the preaching of the Scriptures. The Scriptures were central to everything that he's doing. Look, if you will, in verse number 16. So Jesus came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, now I don't know if you like to write in your Bible or not, but this is a great place to underline or to highlight or something. As his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. It was normal for Jesus. Now, listen, today is not the Sabbath. That was sundown Friday to sundown yesterday, all right? We don't worship on the Sabbath. We worship on Sunday. The Sabbath is, is a commemoration of creation. The Lord's Day is a commemoration of Calvary and of the resurrection. Those early disciples back in the book of Acts began to worship not on the Sabbath, but began to worship on Sunday, on the first day of the week, on resurrection day. And we have simply followed suit with that. So we worship on the Lord's Day, in the Lord's house, with the Lord's people, asking God to speak to us from the Lord's Word, right? That's exactly what Jesus is doing. And it says, as his custom was, the normal place for you to be on the Lord's day is in the Lord's house, with the Lord's people. It should be an oddity that you're not here. You know, people should look around and say, hey, Where's Tim today? <laughs> if, if Tim wasn't here, you'd be saying it, wouldn't you? Well, you know, that's how we all ought to be. Where, where is that person today? Man, I miss them because they are a part of my church family. So, so Jesus' custom is to go to the synagogue, to stand, and then to read. So he's participating too, isn't he? he he's, not just a, he's not just a spectator. He's a participator. Look at verse 17. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, <laughs> look at this, he found the place. So it's not the lucky dip method. You know, Jesus wouldn't hand the book of Isaiah and he went, ah, okay, we'll read this one today. Now, can the Spirit of God speak to you like that? Absolutely. But the best thing that you can do is to have a regimen where every day you're going through God's Word. Jesus knows exactly where he's going. You say, well, yeah, but he's Jesus. He is Jesus, and he's able to find the place. He knows. He knows that word, doesn't he? He's given it to you. You should know the word. Every day you're spending time with the Lord, with his word, getting to know him. So you're not having at some point to have to think and say, okay, I know it's in there somewhere, you know, what you're really saying is, I know it's in there somewhere, you know. You, you get to a point where you know where it is, and you go find it. Jesus went and found this passage. This is the passage that he's looking for that day. And look at what it says, verse number 18. 
The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. We've talked about those, hadn't we? But to do what? What is this special task? It has to do with preaching. He says, to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus' ministry is centered on the Word of God. Now, the, the Word and the preaching of that Word is central to our worship because it's when God is speaking. Now, does that mean that it's not? I mean, we could just, uh, just cut the music out? No. Cut the praying out? No. Cut the giving out? No. 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 Those are times where we express our worship back to God. And those things are in our words. If it's praying, most of the times it's in a... It's in a um, What's my word? Trying to think of where where just instantaneously. I mean, you're you're just immediately coming up with that prayer. You know, you're just coming up with that. We sing songs. It's songs that somebody else has come up with. There's been a little bit more planning out of those things than it is maybe in that prayer. But in both cases, I'm expressing my view back to the Lord in my own words, right? But when it's the preaching of God's Word, it's God's Word who expresses to us what His will for us is. And so, so, so what's become central in worship is, I want to know what God says. You know? I, I, Tim, I, I don't really care about when you were a little boy. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care about all those and I certainly don't care about your stale little jokes you know that you come up with I want to know what does God say and that's what's to become central in preaching notice what it says here about Jesus' preaching number one his preaching was to, was to provide relief notice who he's preaching to first in verse number 18 because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To those that physically and spiritually are poor and destitute. To those who are brokenhearted, to those who are emotionally and spiritually torn up and in a tumult. What do they need? They need relief. And God's word provides that, doesn't it? It does. Secondly, that, that preaching is to promote release. Notice the next group that he's talking about there in that next phrase. He says also to preach deliverance to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed. So those who are bound, those who are blind, and then that word oppressed, those who are broken. They receive the Word of God and they find release from that. Man, those folks are, they're held captive by a number of things. We have people in here that are held captive by so many things. It's the Word of God that brings release. It's the Word of God that that breaks those chains, so to speak. 
It's God's Word that has power to do that. And then notice lastly, it's this preaching that is to promote redemption or to present redemption. He says in verse number 19, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. It reminds me of Paul writing that verse and saying, Behold, now is the appointed time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. It's the acceptable year. It's the acceptable time. <laughs> we, think, we think we can just come to God whenever we get good and ready. Right? I just come to God when I want to. I just got some other things I want to do first. Come to God on His terms. Not on yours. You don't demand an audience from God. Instead, He invites you to boldly come before Him. You have an invitation there. So the Messiah's mission as Jesus comes is to commend this preaching of the Scriptures. But thirdly, Messiah's mission is concerned with the purpose of salvation. With the purpose of salvation. Everything He's doing is leading up to Calvary. Everything after that resurrection is, is, is pointing all the way back to that death, burial, and resurrection. I mean, we talk about the gospel, and we want to be gospel-centered people. But we use that in the, in the, in the loosest of terms. You know, sometimes we use the word gospel without even realizing what the word gospel means. We talk about, that's the gospel truth. What, what does that mean? You know? And, 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 we, and, we, and we, have, um, we have curriculum like the gospel project. Or we have movements within our convention, the, the gospel resurgence. And, and I think it's almost, it's almost like a game within our convention where we take the word gospel and we attach it to something so that it automatically is accepted. You know? I mean, if you think about a convention and people are voting on something, voting yes, voting no, whatever. Well, nobody wants to vote no on the gospel, right? So let's attach the gospel to it. You know, it reminds me of Lifeway. You know, when we had a Lifeway store. You, I mean, you, you put a Bible verse on anything and you could sell it, right? Didn't matter what it was. Didn't matter if it had anything Christian to do with it or not. Throw a Bible verse on it and you sell it, Right? I feel like we do that with the gospel so many times. But listen, this is the gospel. Paul said, Moreover, I have delivered unto you that which I have also received, that Christ Jesus died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He was raised again the third day according to the Scriptures. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. Those three things, Jesus died, Jesus was buried, Jesus is resurrected. That's the gospel. And it's that gospel message, that good news message that Jesus is preaching and that changes lives no matter where a person lives on the face of this earth and no matter what they're going through. It is the gospel that can break through anything because it is the death and burial and resurrection of Christ. I mean, resurrection from the dead. What problem do you have that's any greater than that? Jesus can come through with anything. So let's go back to your text. I do kind of think about verse 19 there, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, when I'm thinking about His purpose of salvation. But look at verse 20. It says, Then He closed the book, 
gave it back to the attendant and sat down. Now, it doesn't mean that he came up to the front and we gave him a Bible and he stood up there and read and then he went back to his seat and the congregation sat. No, it's, I guess maybe I shouldn't give up my table. This is more kind of like what it was. So he stands up to read the scriptures and then he sits down to teach, right? That's what, that's what he's doing. And notice this. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. They can't wait to hear. I mean, they, they know they're about to hear from God. They're about to hear from God. It makes me wonder how often that we come here expecting. Do I really expect to hear from God? Or am I just looking for who's here, who's not here? Or am I looking for what somebody's wearing, what somebody else is not wearing? Am I, am I just coming here because this is what we normally do? Or do I come expecting to experience the manifest presence of God? Do I come expecting to hear the very voice of God out of His Word speak directly into my heart, right into my life, right into my situation? with truth that is transforming. They're waiting. Their eyes are fixed on Him. And notice He began to say to them, so verse number 21 is the message, but I do want to make sure that you know that it says that He began to say to them so that you don't say, Tim, Jesus preached in just one sermon. I mean, just one sentence. And then he let them go. <laughs> no, He began to say, okay, so this is, the, this is, this is His point. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. What's he saying? He's claiming to be the Messiah. He is saying, I am the Messiah. And he's not the first one, is he? There have been plenty of people who had come along and said, I'm the Messiah, I'm the Messiah. In fact, later on, the Sanhedrin are going to arrest Peter and John and tell them, you stop preaching in Jesus, we're going to stone you. And they had determined already that they were going to stone them to death. When one guy finally stands up and says, what are, you, what, are you, what are y'all even thinking about? You know, don't you remember this guy? He stood up and said he was the Messiah. About 400 people followed him. But it wasn't long, all that was gone. Then right after him, somebody else stands up and says they're the Messiah. And that didn't last either. If Jesus isn't the Messiah, then it ain't going to last. Jesus stands up on this day, says I'm the Messiah, and he ain't stopped since. You know, he's backed it up. He is the Messiah, and His purpose in all of that is to bring salvation to people. He has come to save the whole world. The whole world not only includes you, the whole world begins with you. He saves people one at a time. Let me ask you to bow your head and close your eyes with me for a moment. Let me ask you this. Do you know for sure that you belong to Christ? That you are His? His purpose today, His purpose in having you here, His purpose in speaking today is that you might be saved and know it. Christian, 
Is everything right between you and Jesus? Is everything right with you and the Spirit of God? Has He so filled you that you stand before Him today? You're right in position. You're right in practice. Or is the Spirit of God as He speaks to you today? Is He speaking words of conviction? Words of correction? Something that you need to get right in your life? Let's get it right today. What's He saying to you? Can I help you with it? If you need to give your heart to Jesus, I can help you. If there's something that you want to pray about and get right with the Lord, I can help you. If you need to put your life in the life of our church, I can help you. But this may be, as as the Spirit of God speaks to your heart, it might be so personal and so overwhelming that it just drives you to the altar. If you need to come to that, I want it to be available to you. And I want you to make use of it. Spirit of God, this is your moment. I open up my heart to you right now that you might speak. I I would pray that every person in this room would open their hearts at this very moment and say, Spirit of God, speak. They may say like Samuel, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Follow immediately in obedience. Father, help us be glorified and honored. Rebuke where you need to rebuke. Correct where you need to correct. Instruct where you need to instruct. Do it all for the glory of Jesus. It's in His name we pray. Amen. Stand with me. What a great message. The Messiah's mission commends the preaching of the Scriptures to the brokenhearted, the captive, the blind, and the oppressed. He also comes concerning the purpose of salvation. 1 Timothy 1.15 states, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is church office at BrittDavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Britt David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Britt David Podcast.